of recording. Hi, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Life. Yeah, and tonight we are covering season 47, episode 13, which was hosted by John Mulaney. Woohoo! Five timers! Oh, yeah! This was the fastest time that somebody has joined the Five Timers Club since Buck Henry, so props to him. The musical guest was LCD Sound System, and it aired, I believe, February 26, 2022. Yeah, and the cold open luckily acknowledged that we are going through some shit right now in the world, that this being an SNL podcast is too heavy, um, but it, it, was a, it was a really beautiful cold open. It really was. This was the most moving, quote-unquote, cold open that I've seen since the SNL right after Sandy Hook, at which point I believe they had a children's chorus, if not from Sandy Hook, from New York City, but they had a children's chorus uh, come and perform the cold open that year, too. And I had chills. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, and just the way that they ducked back at both Kate and Cecily, which, woo, Cecily's back. Um, they ducked right? back in and just said, live from New York, it's Saturday night. There was no excitement. There was no, like, screaming. It was just a statement. And, okay, so a few things to get off the docket first. One, I'd like to thank you all for being incredibly patient with us the past few weeks as we have dealt with extreme stress at work. Uh, staring down the barrel at World War Three, um, I am moving, so I'm packing and my life is absolutely in disarray, um, so I just want to thank y'all for being patient and knowing that, you know, sometimes you just don't got the spoons to edit. Sometimes you just need to do a scroll Reddit and Twitter and hope that the world doesn't end, so. Yeah, sometimes yeah. the spoons are mad low but I was was running a fucking deficit going into last weekend and it only yeah still picking them up (laughs) (laughs) still picking up spoons um to let you all know how weird things have been I watched Saturday Night Live with Steve on Saturday when I found that out when I discovered that little fact I was like wow (laughs) this is really proof of Pluto's return because this is just too much. Our return uh, to Pluto. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We, we got super fucking stoned. We got fairly yeah. drunk, um, which is both a blessing and a curse that SNL struggles couldn't open there. They were having issues with their live chat post show, but I it was I wanted to join, but also not as drunk. Not it wouldn't be the drunkest I've ever been on their post show recap, but. But Steve Almost was there. It didn't work. Steve was there, yeah. Yeah. Steve. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, Steve was completely polite. He was a gentleman. He was very friendly. And um, he. we were trying to see if I could potentially dog sit for him whilst he goes on a work trip. But one of my cats turned into a little asshole and started okay so to be perfectly fair steve's dog no 
<laughs> Come on. Um, no, Steve's dog wants to be friends with my cats. Like, he really wants to be friends, and it's so cute. And my cats, like, Bowie is curious, but Prince went into full hunt attack mode on Saturday night, where Steve's dog was hiding under a couch, and my little asshole cat Prince decided, you know what, this is the perfect time to, like, hunt stalk walk up on him, and then he just dove under the sofa that's lying under and just fucked him up and was just being such it was unnecessarily like asshole behavior because both cats were on their cat tower they did not there were there was no threat but they went after steve's dog so no puppy sitting for me whatever so yeah that's how close because like i socialized friday night i socialized sunday and i also socialized saturday but Saturday was more like, well, Russia might shoot the nukes off at any point, and I don't really want to be alone right now. And that's how Steve ended up at my apartment. And I cannot wait for you to see my new apartment. Oh, my so. God. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so, so psyched. Bitch. Yeah, I'm killing life. I'm so excited. So, yeah, things are actually looking up right now, guys. I mean, you know, stay tuned. Three days, my <laughs> shit might change. But, yeah, thank you for all of your patience and fucking likes and support and all that shit. Because life is hard right now. And we're sending you love and vibes wherever you are. Because life is fucking hard. Also, getting hate mail at work sucks. Yeah, still shook that, that happened no me too you and me both babe you and me both i dealt with one patron on my phone and then drove half an hour to work and got a hate mail letter it was the best friday ever and i mean that in completely facetious form but anyway okay so the candles at the end of the cold open spelled out yes. kiev kiev and um they, it was just, it gave me chills, and we'll have Steve Corner later, but he enjoyed it too, because I guess when Steve watches with me, I get his opinions, so take that with, take that with a grain of salt or what you will. I will gladly funnel my ex's opinions into the episode, and you can shit on them all you want, I don't care. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Go into the, go into the monologue. Okay, so speaking of white men's opinions, um, we're going into <laughs> um, John Mulaney's monologue, which, okay, I was so, I don't know, apprehensive to see um, yeah. what, he, what he was going to do with his episode. Um, and he did walk out there with, with his suit that didn't really fit quite right. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so like people are. I, I saw a few tweets. Yeah, I saw a few teats. tweets that were like, I saw a few tits. Um, <laughs> I saw a few tweets that were like, "Ew, he's gained weight," and I'm like, "If he's sober, you motherfuckers, that's what happens." Like when you're doing cocaine left and right, and then you stop doing cocaine, you gain weight. Okay. So yeah. I, I also saw people complaining that they were like, oh, his monologue was bits from his stand-up. Bitch, it always <laughs> has been. 
Anytime oh a stand-up comedian comes on to host SNL, their monologue is bits from what they're doing in stand-up. Can we just accept that? Anyway. Most of the people who are watching did not see the stand-up, okay? Some of us are hearing it for the first time. Let us enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> that, was quite, that was quite a voice, and I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of here for it. Um, just how I feel. <laughs> yeah, no, John Mulaney talked about his sobriety, and he was so happy to be back at a place that uh, emphasized sobriety and mental health. Ha ha. Um, talked about his intervention and how he turned his drug dealer into a drug dealer because that person was just so scared he was going to get bad drugs off the street they started buying drugs i love that story oh my god it was so fucking funny i just was really odd to hear the words now that's my son coming out of john mulaney's mouth i was like holy fuck john mulaney here he comes full fucking circle (laughs) yeah on my way home I was just, I, I have started listening to my music on shuffle because that is kind of reacquaintingly, reacquainting me with my uh, collection. And it's just like a mishmash of everything and I skip it if I don't like it. But one of the tracks that came up was, you know, I have John Mulaney's comedy albums downloaded on Apple Music. And it was like, my girlfriend says, and I was like, ooh, this did not age well. Shit, sir, shit. And like, I I don't want to sound terrible, but like, I almost kind of feel bad for him that his like pro-wife guy and super supporting his girlfriend and wife stuff is so widely disseminated. Because very clearly they went through some shit. And I don't know that it's our place to judge because we're all human. But I, yeah, I don't know. I felt bad for him in that aspect. But at the same time, it's history. It's the past. It is what it is. And yeah, anyway, there, there's nothing there. Keep going, please. There is something there, I feel, but there's also much to talk about, um, mm-hmm. starting with the first sketch of the night, <laughs> which was Monkey Judge, you know, just we typical stuff. We 14 minutes in, we get through the first sketch, <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. Um, the fucking costume, not the costume, I don't even know what you'd call that, the, the makeup effects with that fucking monkey hand that he had, I loved it. Um, and the wig, of course. And yes, there were just some really great monkey-related lines in this sketch that made it all worth it. Uh, there really were. Keenan Thompson played the lawyer, which was fucking perfect. Um, yeah, the monkey judge was John Mulaney, who I believe he called himself Honorable Judge Tango. I don't know. Again... Steve and I had been fucking smoking and drinking for like two hours prior to SNL, so my notes on this may not be the best. Um, yeah, I was actually watching yeah. this in my old apartment, like from when we started this podcast. Oh, yeah. Wow! I <laughs> it was know wild. You watched, did you watch live? No, I was asleep by literally nine o'clock, which was surprising considering I took a nap during the day as well. Um. <laughs> okay, 
that part's surprising. Being asleep by nine o'clock, I'm totally da- I'm totally down with. It was right after dinner. I was like, mm, time to lay down. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we had James Austin Johnson as the court bailiff. Um, it was basically... he was in quite a lot last night or whatever yeah, what? night. <laughs> well, <laughs> Saturday, yeah, Saturday night he was in quite a bit. Um, Melissa Villasenor was the lady who got eaten by a monkey, I believe. It reminded me of that very familiar case. <laughs> uh huh. Truly, and I'm like, really, guys. Do you have anything else to say about the judge sketch? Monkey judge? No, but I was actually surprised that they followed up with another animal-related sketch. <laughs> um, that being the the pet food. Oh my god, this was I loved this sketch actually. It was Cecily Strong and Heidi Gardner, and they were arguing over dog food prices, like per pound per bag, and. It, like, supposedly took place in the, you know, whatever local, Petco, PetSmart, whatever you have. Um, for me, the highlight of this sketch was Cecily Strong's character acting like the fucking, like, Martin Luther King of, like, pets. Being like, give give your dog this so that way they can walk. <laughs> it was just really, um... I mean, I don't want to say well done, or maybe, yeah, it was just, it was, yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was well done, because I've been in pet stores where I'm buying certain foods for my cats, and people will be like, oh, okay, it's like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm poor. This is what I can afford. Yeah. What's the word for that? Oh, Pretentious? No, but there's another word. No, no, no. It's pretentious. Okay. <laughs> it's pretentious. Trust me. It's yeah. like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm buying this wet cat food for my cat, which is wet. So, like, y'all um, shouldn't um, be upset. <laughs> it's um, wet, um, so don't be upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be, like, you know... <laughs> It's like, you know what? It's like I'm buying cat for, uh, I'm buying cat for my foods. Nope. Mm. I'm buying food for my cats. I didn't have much else to say about this sketch. Um, the next sketch though. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) It really just threw me for a loop. Um, but I did, I actually was a fan of how the sketch played out. At first I was kind of scared. I was like, um, I don't know where this is going. I don't know if I like where this is going, but it, it was good to see them like talk about the nuances of things, but also just be really absurd about it. And fucking all the like clips that they showed at the end really did it for me. And yeah, that's really all I had to say about the dinner <laughs> sketch. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. I have hiccups. Think about the chips I was eating before. <laughs> okay, so yeah, thank you everyone for the short break. Um, Gilda had to go get rid of her hiccups, which, if you ever need to get rid of hiccups, have a spoonful of two or peanut butter. Gone. Wow. Yeah, 
they will get it will get rid of your hiccups so we took a short break to both eat peanut butter and pee because some of us had to do that whoops um okay so I, yeah, I mean, as someone who worked with the public, as someone who works with the public, I object to the mask policies that were, uh, talked about in this sketch, but, um, I, uh, JM, John Mulaney had a quote <laughs> that said, when an anti-vaxxer gets it, I feel happy. <laughs> and I can't say that I don't relate to that because i do yeah no that was great this this whole sketch really it made me laugh a lot actually Mm -hmm. um but oh my fucking god the please don't destroy video that came next it exceeded all my expectations of what please don't destroy videos are 100 percent. and at some point we'll have to have steve corner which i in my high ass brain i'm like steve corner like, oh you know, <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, yeah, they, it, please don't destroy it. They were like, well, there's a new strain of COVID and mutated so hard. It's actually good. And it's basically just giving people these long, luscious locks and everyone's partying and happy. And it's like, you're positive and you're positive. And then Al Roker showed up. <laughs> At which point... After Paul came... Rudd being there, I was like, what right? the fuck? It was Paul Rudd. John Mulaney was on the newscast. He's like, I'm going to Cabo. Um, they Pokemon. Taped... <laughs> yeah, and then they were like, Pokemon aren't good. They're storming the Capitol. And it's like, wait. Just to give Americans sick things. It was like free, free Xbox for every American. And I absolutely lost it. Um... Yeah, it was it was something. Al Roker was there with 40s taped to his hands, and he was partying with the Please Don't Destroy guys, which, to be perfectly honest, I don't know how Al Roker hasn't gotten involved in an SNL sketch prior to this point, but this was the perfect inclusion, and I was so happy. Like, he fit right in. He did. I loved the sketch because at every single fucking moment, I didn't know what to expect next. And the next thing that happened was just better than what had come before mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Yay for Al Roker. Um, <laughs> may he one day host? I don't know. <laughs> I Has he hosted? I don't even know. I don't know. I, look it up, but, yeah, I feel like that's one of those things that it's a maybe, but hang on. If I type in. It really is a maybe. It's a strong maybe in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he is hosted. I'd be fine with Al Roker hosting. Let's get Al Roker to host SNL. Seems like he has a great sense of humor. Yes, it does. Also, he has a kid in college, so like that's the perfect age to be the cool dad on SNL doing weird shit. So let's go, Al! It's time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, and speaking of time, we have the five uh, the five timers club sketch up next. Yes. 
with all the cameos we were supposed to get, but didn't that one time. Yeah, they were all supposed to be there for Paul Rudd, and now they were here for John Mulaney, and Paul Rudd was here, and he was like, but my five-timers club. And that was obviously the Christmas show. It was John Mulaney. It was Candace Bergen, Steve Martin, who was smoking a pipe backwards which was amazing (laughs) we had elliot gould and Mm -hmm. i will say so i found out after the fact because i was preoccupied with steve and his dog when they came over i did not know mike ryan had tickets to this week's snl mike ryan used to do the snl scorecard he's still a you know he's a massive snl fan he's He did, like, a profile during the week of the 40th anniversary, but he was there. And he was, he tweeted, he was like, oh my god, I think I was the only person that was like, oh my god, it's Elliot Gould! When that happened, but I can, I can 100% say that I shrieked, oh my god, Elliot Gould! And Steve was like six inches off the couch, like, why are you screaming? The person on the couch next to me was like, oh, that's um, Monica and Ross's dad. (laughs) I was like, holy fuck. Oh my god, no! No! They need to be educated! Oh my god. It is though. They they were right though. They were right. That's fucking hilarious. Oh my god. So yeah, this and 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 how can we forget Conan? Conan oh my was god. there. Conan saying live from New York was the cherry on top. It was the cherry on top. And if he is not the next executive producer of SNL after Lauren leaves, because Conan's been a writer. He wasn't on air, but he's had his own show. He had Late Night, and then he had The Tonight Show, and then he had the Legally Prohibited from Being on Television Tour of 20-whatever-the-fuck-it-was. Sorry. Um, If Conan is not the next EP of Saturday Night Live, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. I mean, I'd even take Steve Higgins taking the reins for a few years while Conan transitions. But Conan's gotta be involved. And the fact that he was there makes me think there's a possibility. That would be a really sweet fucking I mean, he he gets no shits. He pushes up against what's appropriate and what's mainstream and whatnot. I, I, I personally, I think it's a perfect fit. So, you know, if any ears of note are listening, the votes are here for Conan. Anyway. Yes, if this is a democracy, uh-huh. um, <laughs> if this is truly a fucking democracy. <laughs> <laughs> our votes are to Conan! Yes. Um... Okay, so I had no idea who LCD Sound System was, like, at all. I had no no concept of what to expect. I am sorry. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm really not. I saw these these people, and it just, it was the weirdest assortment, in my opinion. It's the most unexpected, unexpected assortment of people, and the most unexpected clothing choices. (laughs) 
so you know the quickest way to get me to send you a playlist is to be like, yeah, I had no idea who they were. And then Gilda just sends a playlist that shows up in your text messages like 30 minutes later. Prepare yourself. Um, okay. It was good to dance to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was mediating a cat and a dog standoff during it because it got really intense for a bit. And we wanted to make sure no animals died in the process. So I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, all right, this this hits. This is good. You know, John Mulaney's obviously an LCD sound system person because, you know, when you're that many times a host, you get to kind of say, hey, I want this one. So, I mean, that's how David Byrne ended up hosting. Come on. Talking Heads, which... I will forever hate because that's what got Steve into the talking heads. And we listened to that. We listened to nothing but that and folklore <laughs> during the pandemic. Oh my god. So, yeah. That was my pandemic soundtrack. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, we had weekend update. The, like, obviously they had a lot to talk about here. But I think just the best fucking line of the whole thing came pretty early on. And it was comparing taking... Um, Chernobyl right now to getting a fucking uh, Weinstein audition. I was like, no way. <laughs> that was such a good line. Not that there isn't a good reason for a Russian to want Chernobyl. They want to get into that shit. Yeah. But I mean, it's <laughs> that was still direct pass to Kiev. So I get why they wanted it, but I still don't like it. Um, Michael Che said that he asked his Russian friend about the conflict. And his response was, Michael, you know, pay me to talk, baby. And I fucking both, like, choked and screamed and was like, oh my fucking god. But it was perfect. Like, they had Only he would do that. Oh, oh, only, I mean, obviously, the guy that's married to Scarlett Johansson is not gonna do that. (laughs) But... Um, they had so much to cover this week, and something that was unique was that there were no correspondences, no correspondence this weekend update. And it felt short because of that. It was only like seven minutes long, and Colin Jost was like, hey, happy jokes only weekend update at the end, because everything else got cut, either for time or whatever, but, um... Yeah, there was so much during this weekend update. Uh, Michael Che said Katanji Brown-Jackson pictured here. She's tired of y'all's foolishness. Um, subway stabbings were at six. Michael Che's like, yeah, it's pretty low. Which, valid. That's what I thought. The fuck? Seriously, though, you're telling me only six people got stabbed on the subway last year? That's not real. Um, yeah, maybe I down mean, the road from me. <laughs> right! Seriously! Like, stop. I, have, I haven't even lived in New York, and I'm like, yeah, it don't sound right. Um, <laughs> twin sisters shoot a restaurant worker in the face, which is a twisted reboot of Sister Sister, which is a mock of the reboot of Prince of Bel-Air, which is like social justice and super... I mean, again, I know I have not watched Prince of Bel Air. I was not really allowed to watch TV when I was a child. That sounds terrible. It's just TV wasn't a big thing in our house. We were allowed to watch Disney movies and stuff and like PBS, but 
Not this stuff. So anyway, um, I did not realize that there was a reboot of that, and now everything makes sense because I actually heard my coworker. I heard because she did not use headphones. Um, watching this reboot, and I was like, this sounds similar to like the Prince of Bel Air, but I don't think it. That's what's going on on this person's phone right now. Oh, now it was, I know. I think. It was one hundred percent the reboot of Prince of Bel Air. And he gets shipped out to L.A. and there's this whole thing in Philly and it deals with, it deals with like, race politics. And it's, I mean, it seems like it could be really good, but also, like, I only have the emotional capacity for so much at this point. And I can't. Like, I, yeah, anyway. I barely have the emotional capacity for fucking Seinfeld at this point. <laughs> okay, so, like, my least favorite TV show ever is Seinfeld. <laughs> But, but, my friend Daniel was like, hey, curb your enthusiasm. You should, like, check it out season two on. And I've been watching it season two on, and I'm, like, halfway through in terms of, like, two to eleven. Because it's fucking funny. It is. It's so much better than Seinfeld. Yeah, Larry David's hilarious. He says some fucking shit sometimes, and it's just great. <laughs> and I love the characters are so the characters are horrible sometimes, but I love them. Oh God, I they're I always hate, horrible. <laughs> I hate them. I love them. Cheryl Hines is oh my God, she yes. plays his wife, but she's also married to RFK Jr., who's like super anti-vax. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And she put out a statement a few weeks ago after he compared anti-vaxxers to Anne Frank. And she's like, uh, no. No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Or not anti-vaxxers, maybe va- I don't fucking know. All I know is that she had to make a statement that was like, sometimes we do not agree with the things that others close to us agree. It was fucking wild. And I started watching Curb, like, two days later. And that has absolutely nothing to do with why I started watching Curb two days later. <laughs> that actually really makes sense for her character, though. And because, like, oh my fucking god, every, everything that Larry does. Oh, I fucking love their relationship. Like, to watch it, it's just so fun. It's so much fun. Um, I also enjoyed the joke about, and this is gonna sound terrible, and I hope this doesn't reveal too much about me, but I think it was Colin Jost talked about the CDC or someone approved condoms for anal sex and it took so long because their wives would only let them test it on their birthdays. And I mean, I fucking laughed. I don't think butt sex is just for birthdays. It's fun. Great. Let's go. But the joke was hilarious. So... And so is Colin Jost being like, do you get it? <laughs> well, and that was what honestly made me laugh even harder was him being like, but you get it, you get it though, right? No, I'm not donating to my undergrad. Stop emailing me. Get rid of it. Sorry. All right. Behind the slide. You spent it already? Um... Basically. It's like, fuck you. I'm already <laughs> paying you. Knock it off. Yeah. Wait, so the next one was... I think the next one was not behind the slime. I thought it was um, the the subway. That makes sense because yeah, you're looking at my notes. I I just see see 
I just see <laughs> Steph's eye, like, looking at my notes, like, that's not next! Okay, <laughs> so, what I will say is that, as Steph put it, I've known it as twisted, Steph said crossed, I feel crossed is better. Um, I was mm. fairly crossed on Saturday night, and I did not take notes for the next sketch, but I remember it, because I've watched it, like, four times since, so carry on. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was so excited to see this, um, as were some of the people who I was watching with. So, you know, this sketch had a lot writing on it. Yeah. Um, And it really delivered. I was a fan of the whole fucking thing. (laughs) No notes. Just good. Just vibes. Uh, Alex Moffat um, with that costume with the blurry, like, dick cardboard situation loved it oh, and the dancing my. fapping on the train oh my god <laughs> he was yeah like i tweeted it and i can't remember what exactly i said but i was like why am i attracted to subway pervert alex moffat but i think that's mainly just because i'm attracted to alex moffat and he happened to be somewhat naked and the minecraft pixelation just added to the hilarity Minecraft pixelation, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, am I wrong? No, it felt like it looked like they took a screen grab off of one of my kids' Minecraft things. That was where my mind was at. Um. So yeah, there was that. There was um. Oh my Jesus god! If I were Christ. a mole man. Oh my god! If I were a mole man and they were doing like fucking fiddlers, on SNL. Yes. There was uh, Jesus Christ's subway car, which was portrayed by... Jesus Christ was portrayed by A.D. Bryant wearing, like, the beer can thing. Like, the helmet with the beer cans and the siphon to the mouth. I don't know what it was called because I wasn't cool in high school or college. So, that's as good as you're getting. You can Google it. Yeah, Google um, hat with with cans and siphon into the mouth uh college party google search image okay. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> take behind the slime um, yeah behind the slime i'm not really a fan of the sort of gross physical comedy that was really at the heart of what this sketch was um so it kind of had that going against it but i it was still you know the cast gave it their all and there were some great, you know, pairings, I thought, in this. Sarah Shorman and John Mulaney, Melissa Villasenor and Cecily Strong, um, Chris Redd and Alex Moffat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have Chris Redd and Alex Moffat in bold. I have... I think they were hosting it. Okay. Which is why so. I just got really silent after saying it, because I was like, ah. <laughs> Okay, again, at this point, I mean, I forgot to take entire notes on the sketch prior, so I was pretty fucked up at this point, but, you know, that's what happens when you're worried about Russia and you're watching SNL with your ex, because you need human connection, and they're the only other person that's free on a Saturday night. What the fuck is my life? Um, And you're crossed. Yeah, pretty fucking much. We had... Melissa Villasenor and A.D. Bryant on a couch. They kept getting slimed. Sarah Sherman and John Mulaney. I have no notes, but something happened. 
with Sarah Sherman and John Mulaney. Um, I don't know. I just remember they were really fucking funny. They were making me laugh my little ass off. Right. They, yeah, no. And that's why, like, I made a note. But I apparently only <laughs> made a note that says, Sarah Sherman and John Mulaney, dash. There's nothing else there. So... Speechless. No, they left no, you at a loss of for words. <laughs> know that I appreciated whatever the fuck they did. All right. Um, we had another LCD sound system. John Mulaney introduced this in his, like, he had not gotten changed out of slash cleaned off from his previous slime sketch. Um, <laughs> and the performance was weird and I loved it. It was quite weird. Um, it was fun to watch them sort of jamming out, I thought. No, 100%. Um, and they were in the... Um, oh, they were in one of the sketches. They were in the um, they subway were in the, churro. Yeah, the, right. Yeah, they were in that sketch as well. So, yeah, LCD sound system, they were weird, they participated in the sketch, which I believe made John Mulaney happy, because not the last time he hosted, but the time previous to that, which is what got Steve hooked on the Talking Heads when John Mulaney hosted with David Byrne and his Broadway cast, or his Broadway show, participated in the musical sketch, which John Mulaney... David Byrne did the LaGuardia sushi, airport sushi sketch, so. Yes. I didn't really have many notes for the last sketch of the night. Um, it was, you know, kind of expected, like, everything that was going to come up. It yeah. was predictable is the word that I was looking for. <laughs> Definitely predictable. It's like the wedding reception that we saw maybe two times ago when John Mulaney hosted. It was like a oh, they're going to a wedding and he's supposed to be the outsider and then he knows all of the dances of the stereotypically black family and he knows everyone outside of knowing his girlfriend slash fiance. Um, it was basically the wedding dance sketch redone. Um... Which, I wasn't upset. Honestly, it was funny. I got to see Ego and John interact, and you know what? I've, I've fucking seen worse on this show, so I still laughed. Like, Definitely. Even, even if I knew what jokes were coming, I don't know. It was fun. It wasn't the best 10 to 1 I've ever seen. I can't say... I think it should have been the 10 to 1, to be perfectly honest. I would have been fine if this was a cut for time. Yeah, there were two cut for times in the episode. Mm -hmm. And the first one was um, like a Fisher-Price podcast set ad with John Mulaney. And I liked, you know, very topical, the whole mm -hmm. Joe Rogan... Uh, John Mulaney's fucking character in this was making me laugh so goddamn hard. And even Heidi Gardner, like, when she came in, she also looked like she was almost on the verge of laughter delivering some of her lines. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a lot. A lot to relate to for me as well. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, yes. Um, like, I related to it, but at the same time, it was funny. It was like... Fisher Price is making a 
podcast set that doesn't record for men over 35 so they can say everything that comes across their mind without being recorded. And as someone who has a podcast, I'm like, hey, it just targeted the Joe Rogan category so well. And Heidi Gardner and John Mulaney are just such a good pairing. I mean, personally, I prefer Mikey Day and Heidi Gardner. I feel like they play off of one another better. But um, just Heidi Gardner coming down the stairs and being like, you said you weren't going to podcast anymore. He's like, I'm not. It's not recording. She's like, what's that? He's like, well, it's my my Twitch live stream. (laughs) You're stuck. Still podcasting, dude. It was fucking great. Um, and yeah, I did love to see her alongside John Mulaney, but I was glad that in the next cover time she was with Mikey Day. Oh um, yes. in this sort of family band situation, which was so absurd. And I mean, I could kind of i I'm like, okay, I could kinda of see this cover time, but it was fun to watch. It really was, and I feel like if it was two minutes shorter, it would have been great in the episode, but it was Heidi Gardner bringing her boyfriend, Mikey Day, home to meet her brothers, who were all, like, fedora-wearing 19... It was, like, they were old-timey, yet at the same time, 1999 musicians it was like, yeah some sort of revival revival um situation <laughs> and yeah I, I was here for most of it except for the brother character calling Heidi Gardner pussycat I did not like that whatsoever I think that was Kyle Mooney I think so yeah oh yeah Like, I understood that they were going for the gross factor, and with Mikey Day shouting, Will you please stop calling your sister Pussycat? Um, I fucking died laughing, but it was gross. Um, they were at one point, I believe, singing the background vocals or bass line. I don't know if you know the Biz Markie song... Just a friend? I don't think so. Okay, well, I'm going to sing this right now. It will be cut from the episode, but it's like, And you, you got what I need. Oh, yeah, I do know that. You yeah. Say, yeah, so, okay, so they were singing the bass line to that, and she's like, they're a 90s band. And then she was like, 1890s, but they were singing 1990s shit. And it was funny as hell, but I definitely see why it got cut, because... Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. What was your nope of the night? So, I liked most of the episode pretty broadly, but my nope of the night was the Behind the Slime sketch due to that... I just, the whole reliance on slime as the punchline did not really work for me. 100%. I was like, it's my nope of the night too. Um, I was like, what the fuck? Is this the Nickelodeon kids show? Like, why are we doing this? Like, yes, I get it. It's funny. It's physical comedy, SNL, physical comedy. Not tonight. Not with John Mulaney. 
Yeah. Um, was that you? So that was yours as well? Yeah. Okay. My runner-up for the best sketch of the night was the Subway Churro sketch. Okay. Even though it was, like, something I was completely expecting, uh, I just loved the, you know, the spins that they took on it this time around. And yeah. was a real fan of the the mole, uh, the mole man song. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to say that my runner up was. It's really hard because my runner ups. <sighs> it's between the Five Timers Club and Weekend Update. And it's pretty tough. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I think my runner-up is gonna be the Five Timers Club because we kind of knew it was coming because it was John Mulaney's fifth time hosting. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, part of it felt like okay, yeah, we were expecting it. I did not expect Elliot Gould. Good for him for being there. And, uh, yeah, so that's my runners up. Runners up? Runner up. (laughs) Whatever. Fuck Monday. Wait, so I'm assuming that that's your runner up and then your top of the night would be Weekend Update? Yes. Yes. Okay, so this is great. This means that this is, like, a golden episode and that all of our top (gasps) sketches are different. Oh, wow! Yeah, mine was... The top one of the night was the Please Don't Destroy video, because that really pulled through for me. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. It was so good, wasn't it? Please Don't Destroy. (laughs) Fuck. Okay, you know what? Five Timers Club is getting kicked the fuck out. Ooh. Um, I completely forgot about Please Don't Destroy, which... Out with the old, in with the new. Am I right? <laughs> Out with the old, in with the new for fucking sure. Part of me is like, okay, Weekend Update was like, they did Weekend Update in the face of World War Three, but PDD was so good. Okay, PDD is my runner-up. PDD was the runner-up, and your top was... Weekend Update. Weekend Update. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay, that... I mean, that's pretty good. Those are both very good contenders. I completely, again, I was fucking crossed when I watched it, and I'm definitely fucked up now. So, yeah, no, we gotta forgive me forgetting about PDD, because PDD was amazing this week. Martin Hurley! Yes, it was so fucking good. On Reddit, the Life of New York subreddit, Sketch Sorting Sunday, to see what they thought of... The top two, and their top one was surprisingly the monologue. (laughs) I don't know. Reddit is is just a different ballgame, because then their next one was the Please Don't Destroy video. Thank God. Okay, thank God. Thank God. I showed that Please Don't Destroy video to, like, minimum two different people at work today, and they thought it was great. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know that. I, I mean, yes, Mulaney's monologue, it was honest. It was open. He has had a hell of a year and a half. But you know what? 
if he's happy, <laughs> I'm happy. And so if Reddit wants to award him with that, great. Am I hoping to be able to see him this spring? Yes. Steph seeing him this spring. Yeah. So fucking excited. So, yeah, um, that's the podcast. We get stoned and we talk about SNL. And again, thank you for your patience the past few weeks while we've been dealing with work and life and uh, world stress. And uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. It's super important. Yeah, and find us on social media, on Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, and uh, we have a website, satnighthighpod.com. Our username on everything is satnighthighpod, but night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. Yep, uh, we have a Gmail, satnighthighpod at Gmail. Um, And yeah, that's it for us until next week when Oscar Isaac hosts... Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super into this. I don't know who the musical guest is because I see Oscar Isaac and it's just like heart eyes. And I go away. Um, I could be making this up, but it might be Charlie XCX, but I could. Did I make that up? I don't know. Did she already. Did she host? Who? Well, I don't know. so she was supposed to be on the Christmas episode with Paul Rudd. Oh, it is Charlie XCX. Yeah, so it's Oscar Isaac with Charlie XCX, Zoe Kravitz with Rosalia, and the fact that Charlie XCX is hosting this, or hosting, musical guest for this episode, uh, that tells me that they're going to rebook Paul Rudd, and 100%, I'm calling it right now, um, Paul Rudd's going to host the season finale. I hope so. I really fucking... He deserves a real five-timers episode. Yeah. He, he came through for this episode, too. I mean, he did! And he was totally, like, the butt of the joke in every single aspect this episode. But he's just that kind of guy that he plays it well. Please, yeah, he's so fucking great. Anyway. My love to Paul Rudd. Ugh, Paul Rudd! Anyway, yeah, so we will see you next Monday-ish. This will be out Wednesday because I'm going to go edit now. So, uh, yeah, see you next week. Happy Happy highs. highs! Woo!